Good morning. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to take them and turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. We are in the first chapter of the very first book. Uh, we did get through the first verse last week, um, and we just barely dove into part of verse 2. We're going to continue on. Lord willing, we'll, we'll read and get through verses 1 through 5 this morning. I want to welcome every single one of you here this morning. Um, Scott and the rest, thank you for leading us in worship, and Michaela with the little ones, and what, what a celebration of a baptism. I, I think represented in this, in this moment, this auditorium with all of us gathered together, there, there are throughout this whole place stories of how God has impacted and changed and we could say transformed your life. And we give the Lord all of the glory for that. Even the testimony of Yuri that he shared this morning of how God did a work in his life and he's a different man today than he used to be. To listen to uh, Peyton Johnson, who, who I, I was thinking about it, and I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but, but as we were talking this week, um, just think of his mom for years as a single mom getting those kids up every single Sunday. Peyton said, we didn't stay out late on Saturday night as kids. We went to bed early. Why? Because mom was going to get us to church on Sunday morning. That is an amazing testimony. And for every single one of us, some of you are here the first, what, second Sunday of the year. And you're at a place of knowing, Lord, I'm at the end of my rope, and I need to hear a word from you, a word of encouragement from you. This morning, my goal is that you are introduced to not only our Creator, God, but our Savior as well. Genesis chapter 1, let me read verses 1 through 5 before we pray and dive into this text together. The word of the Lord. <clears throat> In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning. The first day. The word of the Lord. Would you bow your heads and, and pray with me? Fathers, we come into your presence with your word before us. We already give you all the glory and all the praise, more than our voices could ever utter. There's, there's not enough words in our vocabulary to express our appreciation and our adoration. And Lord, to, to hear and to see and to witness firsthand your work in people's lives. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, as we were reminded that every single word in the Bible that we study is God-breathed. It's directly from you. And, Lord, at this moment, I would ask with even, e even the, the busyness of this past week or the, the concerns of the week to come, that for this few moments right now, you would quiet our hearts. You would 
cause, Lord, a silence of everything else blocked out so that we hear a clear word of truth from you. Oh, how we desperately need it. I pray, Lord, that that word would, would, would produce fruit that would offer glory to you. That our affections would be stirred in our heart and the name of Jesus would be exalted. Please help me in this process. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Very, very quickly, I know we don't have a lot to review because we didn't get real far, but we talked last week about what? A, a declaration and a description. A declaration in Hebrew was what? Bereshit Elohim bara. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we see, first and foremost, everything must start with God. It begins with God. And, and we looked at the fact that God is self-existent, which means what? He has no origin. He always was. He is what we refer to as the uncaused caused. In Exodus chapter 3, he's referred to as what? The great I am. He's not only self-existent, but he's self-sufficient. God has no needs, okay? He's not dependent upon you. We also saw a description. It was a unique description, and it seems a little bit like, oh, wow, this is dark, and it was dark. The earth was without form and void, tohu, abohu. It literally means disordered and empty, uninhabitable, complete and total darkness. And yet God was there. And it says what in his word in Psalm 139, even the darkness is not dark to you. Just as God created something totally new. I want to encourage you this morning. He, he can make you new again. Just as God, what, spoke light into existence, he can bring light into the darkness of your world, of the darkness of your day. Why, why, is, why is this? Like, why do we do this? Why is this important? We are to be effective witnesses to Christ in our age. We looked last week at D.A. Carson who says we need to learn to go back to the Bible and present our case as the Bible does. Present the doctrine of God as creator, explaining who he is and what he has done. Why? Because we don't do church for our own good, although there is a lot of good that comes from it. We do church, we do this for his glory. And God is most glorified when we speak of him, when we pray to him, when we sing about him, when we announce to others in your workplace, in your neighborhood, about the goodness of God and the grace of God, when we model his love, when we show others the same mercy that God has shown us. We are to be effective witnesses. That's why we go back to the book of Genesis to learn about this God that we exalt, that we glorify. Not only do we see last week a declaration and a description, and you know I love alliteration, so we also have this morning a disclosure before us. Here's what God, in his grace, he doesn't have to, but he discloses to us a very important truth. Here it is, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Some would say this 
intentional inclusion, this word spirit or pneuma, we begin to get our first indication of what? We see really the second of the three parts of the Trinity. We see God the Father and God the Holy Spirit even here before we get out of this first text, these first couple of verses. But what I love about Scripture is that we have to consider all of Scripture. Realize this is actually the second reference already to the Trinitarian God that we worship. The doctrine of the Trinity has actually been emphasized once already. And people don't realize this, but when we read, what, the first couple words, Bereshith Elohim, that's God in plural form. Bera, God. And we see that emphasized later on as we'll just kind of camp on this amazing, epic verse when we get to verse 26 of chapter 1. Let us make man in our image. Right out of the gate, we're seeing here that God is revealing what? Something special, something unique. As we hear and see God displaying his glory as a triune God. It's here in verse 2 that God is disclosing something to us. Something important, something specific, and it is what? An introduction to the ever-present and ever-powerful ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's a detail that God did not have to reveal to us, but in his grace, he does. He begins here to, to kind of pull back the curtain just a little bit by describing a tiny bit of who he is. So here it is, just above the darkness... Just above the chaos, the formly, formlessness and the emptiness, our Kent Hughes calls it what? Unutterable beauty. There's this picture of the Holy Spirit hovering over the face of the waters. I referenced last week that Moses is the collector of these words. God is the author of Genesis. God is the author of all of Scripture. And I love how Moses, in the very first, what? very first book, first chapter, speaks about what? The Holy Spirit. He also comprises what? All of the Pentateuch. All first five books of the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. What I think is neat here, and we oftentimes don't realize these details. Genesis 1, Moses has what? The Holy Spirit hovering. Do you realize that the very last book, the very last chapters that he pens... Called the Psalm of Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 23. He uses the exact same word to describe the Lord's protection and the Lord's provision for his children, for us. He says this in Deuteronomy 32, verse 11. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters. There's that same word in Hebrew, that flutters over its young. Hovering over, fluttering over. You've seen this. We are in like the world's most boring time of the year, right? We have nothing to do, but I noticed this. For some reason, this is the time that we buy bird seed, and we put it in our little bird feeders, because we can't go out there, and we just watch these things. That, like, that's, how, that's how boring your life is. You're just, I mean, not that birds aren't beautiful, they are, but think about it. And our grandkids call it, they, they say they, they go into helicopter mode. And you've seen it before. And what happens when the birds just, and they're like waiting their line. You know how they like, you got to drive through. They wait their spot until the next bird. 
And it's just kind of what? It's in helicopter mode. It just kind of is stationary, fluttering its wings, waiting to get to where it needs to be. That is exactly what is happening right here. The Holy Spirit, like a caring, watchful, nurturing bird over its young. And you see this in the darkness. God is revealing God is reminding us. God is disclosing. He's just giving to us a little, a little tiny glimpse of how majestic he is. And now to even to add to that, the, the opening words here, the Hebrew word for spirit, actually means what? It means to breathe. God's creative breath is hovering over the water. And, and here it is, on what we would call officially day one of creation, God's breath comes, comes forward, comes forth as speech. His word. You, you understand why the psalmist later on pens in Psalm chapter 33, verse 6, by the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth. All their host. I, I read this week, the spirit is to God's word as breath is to speech. Let me say that again. And I can't remember who said it. It wasn't me. It was far more brilliant. I read a lot. The spirit is to God's word as breath is to speech. Which means you cannot have one Without the other. One does not exist without the other. Let me give you an example. You ever had the wind knocked out of you before? Perhaps diving for a ground ball on second base. And you land on your... And, and what? And the wind goes out of you. There's not a lot of talking that goes on. When your wind has been knocked out, there's no speech. They go together. Here we begin to see... This early, the sheer power of God's spoken word. The sheer power of God's spoken word. Um, one of our, one of the favorite stories that when we, when, when our kid, grandkids are visiting, even when our kids were young, when we read them scriptures, one of the the favorite stories that they like to hear, which I thought was always kind of morbid. It was never on, like one of my top ten lists. It's like, Papa, could, could you read us the story about the, the, the dry bones? Could you read us the dry bones story? The rattling of the bones. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and I think it's because of the pictures and, and some of the things that kind of... And, and so one of, one of our grandkids' favorite stories comes from Ezekiel chapter 37. And, and just to, to show you, to listen to a little bit, this, this, is what we, this is what we tuck our kids in with at night. Think about that. Listen to this. And the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. Verse 4, then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you. 
this is the exciting part, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked. There were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood up on their feet in exceeding great army. Thus dwell. Just, just think about that. There, there's nothingness, dryness, deadness, bones scattered. And what? As a picture of the power of the word of God, we begin to see, thus says the Lord God, from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these that were slain. You realize the same word that falls upon your ears this morning from this word brings life. To dead souls. Brings vitality. Brings forgiveness. Brings joy and peace where there is none. Just, just pause the, the power of the spoken word. There, there, is, there is so much. As I've begun to kind of the early stages of, of putting together literally weeks and months of reading and study. There are volumes upon volumes upon volumes. And yet, even with this, I found myself in, in my office this week, and I found myself as I was thinking about the power of God's spoken word. It wasn't, it wasn't even the, the valley of dry bones. It really wasn't even the, 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 the first day of creation. I, I found myself as I was kind of thinking about this on a, on a little tiny boat on the Sea of Galilee. When, when literally, literally just seconds before, there had been a storm that was so violent and terrifying, it's described that well-seasoned fishermen that grew up on this Sea of Galilee were terrified. They're crying like little tiny scared babies. They think they're going to die. And then there was this miraculous calm. And, and you can almost envision it. You know when the rain stops so suddenly. And there's a, a warmness. And I think it, it's, almost, it's almost like a steam that is rising off of mirror-like, glass-like sea. The fishermen, these disciples, would, would still be soaking wet. They could, they could feel their hearts are still pounding. And, and it's described what? They are in absolute shock. They're straining to search for the words. It says that they were what? The men were marveled. We're not, we're not told which one. I don't remember which one spoke. But, but it says, who, who's this one? Who's this one? That even the winds and the sea obey him. Remember? Peace. Be still. Th think in your life for a moment. Just, just pause on the power of certain words that you have heard. 
Remember that moment standing in the front, like sweaty palms, like totally nervous, and, and you hear what? I do. And, and the power. Remember, remember those words? I, I remember, um, it's a girl. Like, I, I look like, it's a girl. And we just like pause on that for a moment. Someone who comes alongside of you and places their hand on their shoulder and they say this. That's well done. You did a good job. Just, just the power. We hold on to these. Thank you. The entire place, what? No, no one, no one remembered to thank you, except one came up to you. So I just want to say, hey, I, I appreciate you. And you remember that. On the, sadly, on the adverse, we also understand the power of words. Words that have stung and hurt you to this moment. I, I have heard it from person after person after person. Where Father says, you're just stupid. Why can't you do anything right? And we hear words like that and they just, they just don't go away. You, 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 under, you understand here now, now, now think about not just the power of the words that we hear that have impacted kind of milestone, monument moments in our life, but think about the power of the word. Where there, there is something special. There, there is something unique, okay? It's totally different. When the divine speaks. Now, now here it is. I want you to listen very carefully, and you can even lean in a little bit. The first recorded words that God ever spoke what I call a decree was given and God said we'll actually we'll see that phrase repeated eight different times just in the first chapter eight different times and God said four words spoken from the almighty that have in that one moment forever changed the world. Forever changed the world. Let there be light. I've read and I've learned that, that light is the great beauty and blessing of the universe. Matthew Henry says it like this, that the first of all visible beings which God created was light. Not that by it he himself might see to work, for the darkness and the light are both alike to him. But that by it we might see his works and glory in them. You, you understand what Matthew Henry is saying? God created light not, not to see us. God created light so that we would see him. Now, uh, allow me just, just make an important observation here. I, I think we have to tuck it away as we begin to unpack this amazing chapter, this creation, creation narrative. 
we, we have to learn here, and we have to see, for the first three days, light shines from a source that is other than the sun. Because why? On day four, the sun is, sun is made. Sun is created. And, and if think about that. That's Genesis chapter. If we fast forward to the very last chapter of the entire Bible, Revelation chapter 22, you realize that the Bible ends exactly the way that it begins with light but there's like there's no sun revelation chapter 22 verse 5 says and night will be no more they will need no light of lamp or the sun why for the lord god will be their light One of my favorite phrases, I think, really, is the previous chapter. And I've read it on many occasions in many homes as people who are staring the unknown, staring death in the face. And I remind them and I describe them for believers, the hope that exists. Or for those who are what? Lost. And I want to encourage them in their last breath to remember what it says in Revelation 21, verse 23. It's lamp. Is the Lamb. And I love that. John Calvin says, Therefore, the Lord, by the very order of creation, bears witness that he holds in his hands the light which he is able to impart to us without the sun and the moon. Just, just imagine the power that exists there for a moment. So, this is let there be light, but there is no sun. We see. The mightiness, the power, the true awesomeness, the omnipotence of God. We're, we're actually given even greater details here. And it says what? First and foremost, that light is good. The word simply means pleasant. And I, I know that I, I was reading that like, that's good. Like, is that the best word that we could have come up with? Good? How about fascinating? Like, this is magnificent. This is exhilarating. This is unbelievable. Can we not say light was great? What, like, why? No, no, it makes perfect sense. All scripture, what, is woven together. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. And God saw that it was good. Why? So that we would be able to see him. And how every good thing comes from a loving Heavenly Father. I, I know, and I'm not taking anything away from some of the hardness, the harshness, the terrible week, the past year, whatever it is. Some of the struggles that you're going through right now. I'm not taking any way from that, anything from that. I was having, I came to think it was a couple weeks ago and I was discouraged about something and I just like, I just don't know, like I don't know. And, and, and Wendy was like, how many fingers am I holding up? About two. Listen to, my, listen to my misery. No, she's like, you can see my fingers, can't you? You can see me. Is that not a good thing? You can see me. You can hear my voice. You can stand up and walk. Whatever it is, however dark we have to see, every good thing, God is revealing himself to us in the goodness of us gathering like this today. He's all over the place. 
Not only does he tell us that, right, it's going to be actually reveal, reveals to us that, that there's something distinct here. There's something that is, that is um, separate. That it's unlike. It says light is separated. In Hebrew, it simply means to withdraw from, to be excluded from, to be singled out, to be excluded from. They're speaking about there's some kind of a distinction here. And he's trying to divide something. He's trying to show us how something has been divided into light and it's separated from darkness. And like, well, that's kind of obvious. Like, what's the big deal? Just think about this. Just as light does not and cannot coexist with darkness. Let me, let me tell you where this is pointing. Holiness does not exist with sinfulness. And, and this is not my language. This is the language of what Holy Writ. This is the language of scriptures that oftentimes consistently associates what? Sin as dark. Think of the works of Satan and his servants in the works of darkness. They do their bidding in darkness. But we exist what? In the truth. We exist in the light. Just as the Lord Jesus Christ himself taught us in John chapter 3. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. And does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. Jesus says, but whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Just stop for a moment. Just stop for a moment. I, I, draw, little, I draw little stop signs on my nose here. Just, just stop. And I want to pause briefly here for a moment as we think about the subject for just, just a minute of light and darkness. As a pastor for 25 plus years, I have had a front row seat. I, I have seen, I have witnessed firsthand the horrible destructiveness of sin, particularly when it is left hidden. It's left in the dark. And I've seen it rot and destroy like a cancer eats and rots a body. I've also witnessed, and I think this is what gets me up every single morning. I, I, have, I have witnessed, it is beyond explanation, the glorious blessing of freedom that exists when one's sin is brought into the light of Christ's all-sufficient work on the cross. And what? Doesn't matter how dark that sin is. It is completely forgiven. It is completely forgiven. Whatever you think, it's just too much. Like, just, just, I'm just, I'm beyond, I've crossed the line. No, no, you, no, that's a lie from the pit of hell. When things are brought from darkness into light, we begin to see the power and the majesty, the forgiveness that Christ offers. Therefore, God is, is not only creator of the world, but we know that he is savior of the world. And, and nothing offers more joy. Nothing offers more peace. I've used this analogy a thousand times. It's kind of like, like a, a manhole cover on a, 
on, on this tree, and you, you, you pry it open. And as you pry open the manhole cover, what all, all the, whatever like is down there, the rats, whatever, whatever is down there, the cockroaches, everything scurries. Everything has to dissipate. Why? Because light shines in. That's what happens in our own life. H how do we, how do I live in light of our Savior, the Lord Jesus? It's the hope of the gospel. It's the hope of the gospel that God created you in his own image. We're going to spend time on the Imago Day. God, God formed you and fashioned you. And he steps back and he says, that is very good. And yet what? Because of choices we make, just as Adam and Eve chose to, to eat the forbidden fruit. And the result was the fall. And the result is the chaos that continues to surround our world today. And yet, even in the midst of that, God unconditionally offers his love. He never stops lavishing his grace and his mercy. So much so that he offered his own son to take the payment and the punishment for your sin and for my sin. I, I cannot, cannot even fathom the pain of watching my son, my daughter, suffer. And, and to suffer for something that I've done. That's how much God loved you. And Jesus, by paying for your sin, the debt that we simply could not pay. And what, just as, just as Peyton came out soaking wet and smiling, we know what happened the third day. That Jesus came out of the grave. That there's, there's hope for us. There's a new day. There's another day. How do we do that? We put our full faith and trust. Today, hopefully, Lord willing, if you've not done that already, you can do that today. Recognize the fact that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. There's only one. His name is Jesus. Paul tells us how we continue to live in the light. Like it's not just that. It's not just that. There, there's, there's now what? He says in Ephesians chapter 5, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are the light of the world. And I love the instruction here. Paul, Paul speaks to slow learners like myself. And he says, what? Walk as children of light. And he gives very clear instruction. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. There's nothing there, people. Like you, you can grab the fruit. You can bite it. There's nothing there. You're going to stand before the Lord. And you're going to say, what? Well, it looked really good. Paul continues, what? Instead, expose them. That's why we gather and we talk about what is right and what is wrong, what is holy and what is not, what exists in light and what exists in darkness. And he goes on, he says what? It's shameful to even speak of the things that they do in secret. We don't laugh about those things that the world laughs about. We don't celebrate that which is unholy and ungodly. We don't live like that. But the hope is when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Men, let me, let me tell you, just men for a moment, 
let me, let me tell you, and I know we talk about uh, Zadok, Zay, Zadok named him Esau, the big scary guy. The other night I came in and like terrified me in the middle of the night. I didn't realize that he was there. Men, can I just put a, put a reminder? Um, what? February, October. February 3rd and 4th. 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, we've heard. Okay, it's a wonderful opportunity as we gather together as men in a men's retreat to, to learn how to cut out sin in our lives, to shine light on the dark areas, a call to biblical manliness. Set your schedules now. You got nothing to do. You're watching birds flutter, okay? Like, schedule the time to be there and learn. You cannot do this on your own. Women, let me speak to you for a moment. It is a tremendous, terrible lie to ever think or tell yourself, no one else gets me. Like, they don't understand me. They don't understand my struggle and my world. Don't believe that lie. You're not alone in this world. Other women understand what you're going through. They've journeyed it. There's testimony after testimony. Everything that you've experienced, I can assure you, someone else has experienced it ahead of you. That's why we need the body. Men and women, I would even say young people, don't for a moment, don't for a moment fool yourself to think that this is dad and mom's problem. Okay? That you just kind of skirt along behind them. No, no, no. Remember all of us. It says in John chapter 3, verse 19, people love the darkness rather than the light. Hey, young people, that's you too. We are prone towards. We love that which is dark. Because their works are evil. But I love how John chapter 3, verse 19 starts. The light has come into the world. Remember what I began. Light is the great beauty and blessing of the universe. So as we just slowly, slowly kind of dip our toes into this massive yet marvelous piece of literature that details the work of God, I'm struck with not only the power of God's spoken word, but also the peace that is offered. Just to think how many times we will hear this one phrase repeated, let there be, and there was. Let there be, and there was. Let there be, and there was. Stop trying to do the work yourself. Stop trying to create like your little perfect everything. No, no. You, you put your faith and trust in an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present God. He says, let there be. And there was. Let me leave you with two things. First and foremost, hear and see the power of God's spoken word. You've got to return to the power that exists in his spoken word. And I'll say it, although it's difficult for me to say at times, it's going to come through the preaching of the word of God and through the teaching of the word of God. It's going to come through your daily reading. It's going to come through personal study and, and meditating on it. Just, just chewing on the word and the memorization. What a perfect time of the year to commit to meditate and memorize the truth of the Word of God, the Bible. 
starts your day. Finish your day with God's word. And then lastly, let me remind you to seek to live in the light. And, and it's going to come through the light of transparency. People don't, you, 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 you may fool the, the guy sitting in front of you or the, the girl next to you. You may fool them. You are not fooling an all-knowing God. Okay, there are no secrets with him. He sees directly. And so what we need to do is stop listening to the lies of the enemy and live in full transparency, which means what? It's going to include, and this is hard for us, sincere confession. Take another brother alongside and say, hey, listen, i got to tell you something. I'm struggling here. Women, find a, a sister in the Lord and, and say, I'll, I'll buy you a cup of tea. I need to tell you, I'm not doing well. And we confess. We don't glorify and sensationalize the sin, but we confess the fact that we're broken in need of a Savior who heals. The Savior, thankfully, offered to us one another, which requires regular accountability. And that's not a once a month, hey, how you doing? No, no, no. It's giving people, what, permission to ask the hard questions. May we see the power of the word of God. May we hear it. And may we seek to live in the light that he has so graciously blessed us with. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word this morning. We desperately need your help. And we ask, Lord, for you to work amongst us even right now in the closing song. I would pray, Lord, that your spirit would speak and that we would hear you. If there's changes that need to be made, if there's confession, there's the admission that we've been trying to hide things in the dark. But I would pray that we would understand the importance of being obedient. We've not heard, Lord, a word from a man. We've heard from you. Thank you for the challenge in my own life. We ask, Lord, that you allow us to live in full, faithful obedience. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.